0: Clarity Podcast. My name is Ben Morley, an Air Force pilot turned consultant. Each episode you will hear actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life, personal and professional, to achieve more clarity, purpose, and effectiveness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to your daily dose of practical clarity training. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Achieving Clarity podcast with me, Ben Morley. I hope this finds you doing well. My daughter, Trinity, wanted to say hello to everyone as well. So hello from Trinity. I think leaving the Air Force forced me to redefine what home is. I was an Air Force pilot for 27 years. For the rest of the world, COVID created that same opportunity. To redefine home. In COVID, we were all forced back into our homes, and for many people, they were having to leave countries they were living in before the lockdowns happened to go back to their home country and leave where they were making their home at that time. So for example, if you were living in Portugal but went back to your home in the U.S. So COVID in the beginning caused this massive movement around the world, a migration, if you will, for people to get back home, for them to step away from where they had made a home and return back to what they truly called home. Another thing COVID did was force many people to have to work from home. So your home became everything. We did not leave home to go to work. So home became over-familiar It became boring. There was no variety. There was no change of energy, no different faces, or even a change of clothing required to go somewhere. When we did Zoom meetings, they became top half Zoom meetings. Nice shirt, nice blouse, with sweats and bunny slippers on the bottom half. (laughs) I think because there was no change to our environments, it changed the relationship we had to our homes. It made me thoughtful of the nature of home, the idea of what home is or is supposed to be. The topic here today is coming home to your authentic self. My purpose in what I do is to bring clarity to people, which often involves helping them identify their authentic self and helping them come back to the fundamentals of who they are. For me it took 43 years to begin returning home to myself. That is a long time. And because it took me so long, I figure it may be taking a number of other people a long time as well. Additionally, I think most unconscious humans never return home to themselves. From the day you were born, there were, and continue to be, influences working on you to separate you from your authentic self. The more separated you are from your authentic self, caused by either nature or nurture, the harder it is to get back home to yourself. Now, Paul Scanlon speaks of this, and I do too. I am going to use the metaphor of home in this language, so flow with me here. I began to realize in my early early 40s how much I had built my home in other people and other things. And here is why this matters. When you build your home in other people, you give them the power to make you homeless. When you build your home in other people or other things, you give them the power to make you homeless. And I did not realize, because I did not have this language back then, that I had made my home in my leaders, in my profession as a pilot, in the belief systems that governed and drove what I did. I built my home in a place called the Air Force. I built my home in people called friends, many of whom distanced themselves from me as I began to wake up and gain my bearings about all of this. I built my home in roles that I had, and the identities, power, and influence that these roles gave me. I built my home in systems, in achievements, in events, in experiences, and in successes. I think what you eventually realize is that if you do not know what your true home should or does look like, you take whatever you are offered in its place. And so for years, I lived off the scraps of other people's acceptance and validation and approval and inclusion and opportunities they gave me. I saw that as my home. So, my sense of being at home was governed by how much they welcomed me into theirs, rather than how at home I was in myself. So, my emotional homelessness, which is what this is and what I had, put my sense of self-worth into other people's hands, other people's opinions, judgments, and inclusions or exclusions of me. There was a defining moment for me when I was working in the Air Force for the wing commander, who is the CEO of the organization of about 4,000 people. I was one of only three officers reporting directly to him. It was a role that could open doors for me in my career. At this time, I had been growing in my awareness of my self-abandonment of me in this career in order to keep people like him and others happy. I was aware of the degree to which I was willing to fit into whatever they wanted me to be, and the damage this was doing in me. This is what I was waking up to. So, we were in a meeting, just the two of us, and he said something to the effect that if it were not for him, then I would not be working in the role where I currently was him not knowing that at this time I was waking up in this self-awareness that I had been living and operating for years in a capacity that was absent from myself. I did not have language for it then, as I do now. So when he said that, what I was supposed to say to him in response was, Thank you. I appreciate you, sir. I am grateful to you, etc. This is what he waited and expected to hear from me. Respect and honor say those sorts of things, so that is what he assumed he would hear from me. But in that moment, I did not speak from my head. My response jumped out from somewhere far more primal than my intellect. I said to him, No, that is not true. I just would not be working in an organization for you. And you could feel the atmosphere shift, and I simultaneously felt brilliant and scared to death. I did not know which way to go. To backpedal and take it back, maybe explain what I meant. He was shocked into silence for this apparent rudeness or arrogance, or lack of gratitude, lack of respect, but I knew what I should do next was stay quiet. And silence is excruciatingly painful in moments like this. He was not giving anything back to me that was providing an opportunity to create a conversation around this either. I did not know why I said it, in such an awkward situation. Apart from knowing I would never get a conversation about this so it was going to come out inelegant and clunky many times when you want to speak with someone about a topic as weighty as this the opportunity may never present itself so the words can sometimes just pop out usually at an inopportune time and in an awkward manner you may feel regret for saying what you said but also feel glad that you did, hoping that they would pick it up and follow through. But often, they do not, as it was for me in this case. In situations like this, you may feel the cold sense of homelessness a lot faster and a lot deeper than you may feel the warm return to the home within yourself. So this sense of homelessness, this void, can be felt much more intensely than feeling a confidence in yourself by saying those things. Oh, I did feel that cold homelessness. But for me, it was the beginning, the first tottering steps toward reclaiming my authenticity. The fear of the homelessness that you may sense in uncomfortable situations may make you want to back down, backpedal, and over-explain yourself, in order to get back to the familiar and comfortable home they have fashioned for you. Because the resulting resistance and defiance you may likely receive can make you feel disoriented and out on the streets, if you will, This discomfort may lead to the false assumption that it is better to be in the dysfunctional home you know now that was crafted for you by others rather than the home you do not know but you long for. Since right now you cannot articulate or point to the home you long for because it is not yet known or clear to you, There is a strong desire to stay where you are. For over 40 years, I did not know what my authentic home looked like, so I could not just go there, at least not easily. But I knew that saying no to him was saying yes to my home and vital to beginning this journey. Beyond that, I did not know what to do. This is why I think it is important to talk to you guys about this, in the hopes that any of this helps you navigate some version of this right now for you, in your life now or the months ahead. You know you have made your home in someone else when their opinion matters too freaking much to you. Especially when you are considering significant life changes in your work life, your relational life, your interests, your values, your appearance, changes in the version of you. I want to ask you, who comes to mind when you contemplate making big changes in your life? In your role, your job, location, appearance, relationship? Whose face comes to mind, and is it possible you have made your home in them? That is probably why they come to mind. Who are you afraid to disappoint? Because whoever you are afraid to disappoint means you have appointed them as the person who must never be disappointed, and you need to unappoint them and reappoint yourself as the person you least want to disappoint. When you build your home in someone else, your ability to access yourself is only by their permissions, and in their belief in your worth, and in their value of you, in their acceptance of you. If you build your home like that, You cannot go home. You cannot access home outside of their permissions. And so what happened to me was, and maybe you can relate to this in some season of your life, you start looking for confidence in their confidence in you. You start looking for love in their love for you. Now, this can be in a person or a job, or through friendships, you start finding your identity in how they see you, not in how you see you. And how they see you is often a moving target, depending on their current take on you, or their current comfort or discomfort with you. You are the CEO of you. You are the love of your life. You are. You are the hero that you have been waiting for. You are. The love you have for yourself is your power in life, not whether someone else deems your love worthy of being accepted by them. Did you hear that? The love you have for you is your power, not whether someone chooses to accept that love or sees your love as worthy of being received by them. This mattered to me because when my love was rejected by these people, that rejection made me homeless, and so I tried harder to be loved by them. And when you are trying hard to be loved by someone, you are behaving in an emotionally homeless way. Now, I do not mean we should not change and adjust for people we do love, but it becomes a dysfunctional attempt to gain from them what you are not providing for yourself in an attempt to feel at home. You are not defined by the love others accept from you. You are brilliant by the love you have within you, by yourself, by itself, whether it is accepted by anyone or not. We are not defined by the acceptance of our love, but rather the love you have within you, that you have had since you were born. So your home is where you do not have to work hard to be loved. That is home, and that is you. Your home belongs nowhere outside of yourself. You are the architect, the builder, the designer, the creator, and the furnisher of your home. Welcome home. I hope this has been of value to you and as always, best to you. Thank you for listening to the Achieving Clarity Podcast. We hope you liked it. To hear more tools and strategies to help you in your personal and professional life, subscribe to our podcast. Thank you again.